guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in this big blue marble we call planet Earth. Happy Friday, end of the week, weekend begins, right on. Hope everybody had a, well, I hope you all survived your week at work. If you guys are working, you're not still on Biden's social uh, program. <laughs> uh, what is happening? So, I got a lot going on in this episode, another big one. Um, first, what I'll do is I'll jump into some headlines that are breaking this morning. Uh, it's 9 a.m. my time, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, real quick, I haven't seen this special. I was going to check it out yesterday. I think it came out yesterday, but um, it's about Alec Baldwin. Uh, he was interviewed by Stephanopoulos, George Stephanopoulos. If I said that correctly. And anyhow, he makes some sort of bizarre statement saying he didn't pull the trigger of the gun that killed uh, the poor woman and the other uh, staff member he got who got injured. Anyway, I pulled up the video because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I thought of... <laughs> now, you have to remind yourself, this guy's a fucking actor. And I seen some of this video and it looks like he's just... Uh, going through the crocodile tears and stuff. So I'm going to start off with that right now. And then I'll jump into some other headlines, but I really wanted to play this because this just kind of solidifies the fact that Alec Baldwin is a douchebag actor. Just another one. So I'm going to play this. I haven't heard this particular clip. It's a minute long. I don't know if it's worthy of the whole minute. Well, it's a minute and 50 seconds. I don't know if it's too uh, worthy of playing. But if you haven't seen it or heard it, it's coming from uh, Stephanopoulos' uh, ABC, ABC exclusive interview. Let's go ahead and play a sound of this and see. We'll hear for yourself uh, douchebag Baldwin uh, talking about how he didn't pull the trigger. She was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired. And... The, and the <laughs> I, okay, so what this is, this is a promo for that interview, and it just showed him putting his hands into his, or putting his face into his palm of his hand, you know, like he's about to cry. Uh, crocodile tears. I mean, even now, I find it hard to believe that. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real to me. You haven't said much in public since that tragic accident. Why speak out now? I think the big question, and the one you must have asked yourself a thousand times, how could this have happened? <laughs> you described it as a one in a trillion shot, and the gun was... I get, a, I get a kick out of the dramatic music, and, and then they show these little picture clips of Baldwin in, in agony and anguish over the shooting. You know, it, it's so, you know, that iconic photo of him on the phone holding his mask in his hand, looking distraught. That's what they're showing, so... In your hand. Has he come to terms? Wiping with his that. tears away. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So <laughs> he did say that. That's amazing. Who who pulled the trigger? Casper, the friendly ghost. Pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> I, I got to hear it again. It, I'm not hallucinating. He actually said he didn't pull the trigger. The gun was in his hand, but he didn't pull the trigger. So, 
did ballistics go over this this firearm and determine that it was a faulty firearm? I mean, I know it was a relic. Uh, it was an older uh, revolver, but you know, did ballistics show that it was you know it fired itself? Can a gun do that? I, I don't think so. I think you need uh, some sort of uh, help to pull that trigger. The trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So no. you never pulled the trigger. No, no, no. I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you He's a fucking liar, man. And and I guess, you know what trips me out about this whole thing is he has to sit there and, and put on this, I, I guess, this fake persona of an innocent guy, of a victim. He held the gun. He didn't check the gun. He pointed the gun and he pull, had to pull the trigger. He's negligent. And even if Casper, the friendly ghost, came around and pulled the trigger, he's still negligent. He's responsible for the whole goddamn thing. I mean, let's be real. The, the guy had a, some sort of dispute with the, the union, you know, some of the workers on, on the set. And they walked off and he hired some, what, what, some local armory, that, that young girl, that, that freak. <laughs> oh, I didn't pull the trigger. Who pulled the trigger then? That's what I want to know. Who pulled the fucking trigger? Let me hear that again. I, I can't get enough of that lie. Never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on that set? Yeah. I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun. A bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. How do you respond to actors like George Clooney who say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves? Your emotions are so clearly so right there on the surface. You felt shock, you felt anger, you felt sadness. Do you feel guilt? So basically what we're going to get from this is we're not going to get any answers. Now, I don't know if this had come out already. I'm going to stop it right there. Uh, I don't know if it came out already, but um, I'm not really anxious to hear what he's got to say. I'll let everybody else comment on it. I was just blown away at the fact that he denied pulling the trigger. That's a, that, That's crazy. Uh, on October 21st, Baldwin was holding an antique revolver during a dress rehearsal for the Western at the Bonanza Creek Ranch near Santa Fe, New Mexico, when it discharged, killing the film's cinematographer Helena Hutchins and wounding its director Joel Souza. In the exclusive, in the exclusive ABC News interview, Baldwin, who was starring in and co-produced the film, talked about what had happened on the set that on the set on that fateful day, saying he had no reason to suspect a live bullet could be in the prop gun. He also talked with Stephanopoulos about Hutchins 42, who was struck in the chest and died after being airlifted to a hospital. All right, well, I'm not going to go too far into that, but you got you get the gist of it. Baldwin is trying to basically. Before the investigation is even done, and before they even, you know, started charging people, he's not even charged with anything yet. Nobody's charged with anything yet. They're still investigating. And this guy's already going out on TV, and he's talking about the case, or he, he's talking about the event. That's hella stupid. I don't know who his lawyer is, but if I was his lawyer, I would say, hey, Alec, shut the fuck up. But, you know, Baldwin's done this before, where he's gone out and he started pleading his case. You know, earlier, what, a couple weeks ago or earlier in the month, he had, or last month, he had, he had started talking to news reporters on the street and his wife was trying to shut him up. And he was telling her, to, he was pushing her aside. And he was just rambling on. 
That's hella ignorant. Alec Baldwin is a douchebag. <laughs> he, he really is. So, yeah, that, that's what's going on there. Uh, let me just quickly go through the some more morning headlines. Baldwin, man. Jesus Christ. Um, what is this? Gangbanger busted in stabbing death of Columbia student near NYC campus. Oh, man. What are they producing over there on that campus? Bunch of maniacs. Um, what else is there? Michigan school gunman's mom and dad had their own run-ins with the law in Florida. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be getting into that later um, about that Michigan shooting. There's some audio that came from some kid's cell phone where um, they were kind of questioning uh, who was knocking on their classroom door. They didn't know if it was a cop or, or, or the gunman. And so I'll get into that a little bit later, so stay tuned for that. Um, what A-Rod critics got wrong, and while he's getting my HOF vote. <laughs> okay. And it's not really... New, new Tiger Woods video gives hope for return to the links. Yeah, I've seen this video. It's pretty cool. He's out there, and he's <laughs> he's he's smacking his balls. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, he looks good. He's getting back in his shape, so good for him. I don't know if he'll go professional, but I think that, you know, regardless, he's going to get back into the game. Don't know if he'll ever, you know, get another cup or anything like that or another trophy, but he's definitely on the men. So good for him, man. And shout out to him. He's a Raider fan, so <laughs> got to show a little love to him. Uh, here's a story real quick. Mom fired gun, left baby home alone while she went to bar on Thanksgiving, cops say. Okay, so that's clickbait for me. And it shows a picture, a mugshot of the picture. And she's, she looks like she got done crying. And she's trying to put on a happy face while she's getting her mugshot done. <laughs> a Florida mother was arrested after she allegedly fired a gun at her front door and left her infant home alone in his crib while she went out to a bar on Thanksgiving night, officials said. Police responded to the home of Victoria Hildego. Hildego? Hildego. 37. After they received a call from a woman who said Hildego had sounded as though she was under the influence of alcohol and had shot a gun inside her home, according to the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. When the unidentified woman arrived at Hildego's apartment, she found a bullet lodged in the front door and noticed the vehicle that, that the two shared was not in the driveway. She let, she let police officers inside the house and they discovered the baby unsupervised in its crib, official said. The baby was left in the care of the family member while police attempted to track down Hildego. She was found in, in the passenger seat of a vehicle that had been pulled over, driven by a 49-year-old Robert Sampson. Her eyes were bloodshot and watery, her breath smelled of alcohol, and her speech was slurred while being questioned, police said. Uh, she told police that she did not know Hildego. Uh, Samson told police he did not know Hildego and had just met her at the Paddy Wagon Irish Pub. <laughs> he said she was going to try to drive home while intoxicated, and he was trying to get her home safely. He had no knowledge of the situation at her home, cops said. And I hardly doubt that. I think he was. I think he had other intentions, but I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I can't say that. But sounds like a creepy move to, you know make on a, a a drunken woman she's not a bad looking woman either i mean I, I guess she can pull it off 
at a bar, but not a good idea. Uh, quoting, there is no excuse for, uh, for an infant to be left in a home alone, nor is there a good explanation for the discharge of the firearm, Charlotte County Sheriff Bill Prummel said in a press conference or a press release. Quoting, it is clear that this woman's priorities are way out of order, and I hope this experience serves as a wake-up call for her. I pray, for, I pray that things change and the child is properly cared for moving forward. So there you go. Um, another incompetent young mother out there. School of Glock, 21 weapons found at Brooklyn School Day after student gun bust. Jesus Christ, man. That is crazy, man. That is absolutely crazy. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we can get any audio of this, but I'm, I'm looking at something. This looks like another. What is going on in New York all of a sudden? Jesus Christ. Stolen school bus seen plowing into parked cars in New York City. So you know how to check this out. Let's see if I can pull up some audio or something. Hopefully we won't get a commercial. If we do, I'll just kind of... Give you a quick synopsis of what's going on here. Uh, it says, wild video shows a stolen school bus barreling into a number of parked cars in Brooklyn as cops chased the driver down Thursday afternoon. The short yellow bus was reported stolen from East Flatbush just after 4.15 p.m. when the driver tracked it to East New York through its GPS, police said. Huh, that's pretty good that they got GPS on the school buses. And it has a lot of still photos of... Looks like it's coming from a security camera. I'm waiting for the commercial to stop. There it goes. Okay, let's pull this up. Let's see if we can hear anything. It's a security camera. It looks like a ring doorbell or something like that. It's being videotaped through, so I don't know if there's any sound. I'm just going to play it and see what happens. Wow. Okay. First off, just to let you know what's going on, sorry if it's a little too loud. There are about well over a dozen cops uh, running up the street. You don't see the school bus yet coming into the into the picture, but you got a lot of police running up to this bus. Hold on a second. Let me let me. I apologize for the sound. That's that's the doorbell's fault right there. Jesus, I'm trying to turn it down so you guys can. Hear what's going on. Let me start that over again, just in case. Now the cops just went. The cops had just went right to the right of the screen. You can't really see them, but you do see a red car parked in the middle of the street, not moving, while every other car moved ahead. And that was in front of it moved ahead. And I don't know why the car still. I would have got the hell out of there. And you can hear what's happening. Oh, shit. And now what's happening? <laughs> okay, so I guess the cops were shooting at the... That's what you hear. It sounds like cap guns, but I guess that's the cops shooting. That's just the way it sounds through the doorbell ringer or the video camera. Anyhow, you see one of those little small yellow buses, you know, for uh, disabled students. You see it coming into view, and it is plowing through a couple of cars like a tank. Ooh, and there's like two or three. There's like two or three cops. One cop finally, you know, woke up and said, okay, I'm getting the hell out of here. So he's gone. 
still two cars, small cars, blocking this thing. And the bus is just trying to tank right through these cars. I don't know why or how, but it is. Holy Christ. Okay, I'm tweeting this out. This is good stuff for you guys to check out. Boom. Here we go. Here's the love. Check it out at the real WOD. Check that out. You're welcome. <laughs> that is wild. Hold on a second. Did I lose that picture? Oh, no, I didn't. So what's happening now is the the two cars that are still remaining in the middle of the street that the the school bus is trying to drive through to get away from the cops. He is just flooring it and pushing the cars hard, man. I didn't know those little yellow buses had that much engine power in them. How big are those motors? They must be pretty... Well, they're diesel, I think, right? And it's... And the car it is pushing is absolutely sideways. He's not pushing it from the back. He's not pushing it from the front of the vehicle. He's pushing, he's sideswiping the vehicle and pushing it on all four tires sideways. I mean, that, tr that little minibus has got hella power. That's crazy. And the cops are running, and now the cops, there's about a dozen of them following this thing. It's wild. Jesus. Uh, it just says the short yellow bus was reported stolen from East Flag. Oh, I just read that. My apologies. I'm trying to get to the, some more detail. The bus thief then turned the street into a demolition derby, smashing into a number of cars before the smoking vehicle stopped at 1738 East New York Avenue. As where cops arrested a man, an onlooker filming the encounter appears to be screaming as the smoldering bus repeatedly rams into a dark-colored van before pushing it down the street. And again, that's a van. That wasn't a mini car. That was a minivan. And it's sideways pushing it down the street. That's that's amazing. That is really amazing. So go check that out. I put that up for you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, New York, what is happening? Boy, I can't I I bet you guys can't wait till he's gone. What's his name? De Blasio, the communist? Jesus Christ. Oh, here we go. Jesse Smollett. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, darn it. There's another looter story here in California. I guess, I mean, there's so many of those breaking out. I think another one just happened around here. Here's one. Jesse Smollett's lawyers claim judge lunged at one of them, asked for a mistrial. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is all about. It just says... uh Jesse Smollett's attorneys asked for a mistrial Thursday after the judge called their evidence irrelevant in front of the jury and physically lunged at one of the actor's lawyers. Come on, man. That, that just sounds like a cop-out right there, man. Big time. The odd fracas came, uh, came in the midst of the defense's cross-examination of Alabahino Asabaduari. Uh, it, it's... it's uh, um, I think it was one of the Haitian gentlemen or African gentlemen that was being paid to be a fraud. 
Uh, he claimed he was paid to help Smollett stage the hate crime as attorney Tamara Walker grilled him about his alleged homophobia and past derogatory remarks towards suspected gay men. Asandaro, I think that's how you pronounce it, 30, had just acknowledged he used the word fruity ass <laughs> to refer to a man he suspected was gay, and Walker asked if Smollett, who was openly gay, knew he'd said such things in the past. Judge James Lynn called the line of questioning collateral in front of the jury, in front of the jury, indicating it didn't have any relevance to the crime Smollett's on trial for, because it was from a past event, prompting Walker to ask for um, a uh, for a sidebar. While the attorneys were conferring with Lynn, Walker claimed. He physically lunged at her when she presented the motion for a mistrial, a claim the justice vigorously denied and which was not witnessed by the Post. Quoting, when you said the word mistrial on these grounds, frankly, I was stunned you would even consider a mistrial based on this, Lynn said. Yeah, man, that's a slam dunk case, man. <laughs> Smollett is such a... F oh, my God. What a race baiter. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Here's another one. Some some more car dragging going on. Here's one. It says, Hell on Wheels, Semi Drags, Pinned Car Down Highway in Pulse Pounding Video. So you know I got to check this out. And, of course, we're going to get our commercials. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, instead, it goes something like this. Uh, this is from the post. It says, This redefined sidecar. A motorist dash uh, no, a motorist's dash cam captures the terrifying moment of a truck dragging a car down an Illinois freeway in a scene straight out of the Fast and the Furious. Now hold on, it does have video. <laughs> right on. Don't know what the sound quality is. Don't know how it sounds, but it is a dash cam uh, of a car um, that's pretty far. It's pretty far back from the initial. Uh, scene where the semi is dragging this car, but I, I assume they go up to it real quick. Let's take a listen and see what happens. And he's coming up on it real quick, and it does show an 18-wheeler, and it shows a car, and it shows a car underneath the the 18-wheeler, under the bed, under the um, yeah, <laughs> the the the. Hey, what am I trying to say? Boy, I am locking up today. Uh, underneath the, the 18 wheeler bed, he's just wedged under there, and and the semi's still going though. I don't know why the semi hasn't stopped. It's pretty weird. My God! And, the, and half the car—it looks like it's an Acura four door. Half the car, the front part of the car where the the passenger and the driver would be, is completely underneath the 18 wheeler. The 18-wheeler has to be going at least 30, 35 miles per hour down this freeway. And he's not stopping. And the car is being dragged. That's amazing. That's another amazing video. Uh, excuse me for the, the noise. And, oh, wow. Oh, my God. Now, here's something that will blow your mind. The, per the car that's underneath the 18-wheeler... There's a person, the driver is in the car, and you can see him sticking his hand out the what little bit of a, of a driver's side window there is. He's sticking his hand from underneath the 18-wheeler as he's being dragged, and he's waving for help. 
It's amazing. This is amazing video. He's alive and he's waving and he's being dragged. He's he he looks fine. He looks coherent and he's waving. And let me tweet this out. This is another one. Check this out at the real WOD. Boy, I'm telling you, what in the hell is going on? There you go, man. Check that out. You have to check out that video. That is remarkable. Wow. Where do they get this shit? It just says, um... <laughs> the NBC reported that the accident occurred Tuesday morning after a vehicle crashed into the semi-truck on Interstate 294 in Cook County, Chicago. Accompanying footage recorded by passing driver... Oh, God, another... Where do these names come from? Zerzik Mizrik <laughs> uh, shows the Titanic's uh, transport hurtling down the highway with a black sedan pinned underneath it. At one point, a passenger can be seen waving out the side car's window as the car is being dragged down the road. Despite the nail-biting footage, no one was injured during the inadvertent tow job. Authorities briefly shut down two of the freeway's lanes so they could investigate uh, investigate it. Uh, this isn't the first, first freak accident to occur on U.S. roadways. As of late, in August, a New Jersey motorist redefined drive through after they lost control of their car, causing it to sail through the air and crash into a Wendy's as seen in a wild police video. Meanwhile, the past November, an armored truck accidentally made it, uh, made it rain money on a California highway, sparking a crash grab frenzy. That resulted in two arrests. Yeah, I remember that. And it does have a, a, um, a photo a still photo zoomed in of uh, of the driver and the car being drank. It's just a remarkable video. If you get a chance, check it out. I tweeted it out at the real WOD on Twitter. Check it out. Fucking hey, man. You know <laughs> these uh, driving stories uh, with cars and, and and everything, man. It really has me thinking about getting a driver's license again. <laughs> I don't know what kind of maniacs are on the road these days. It's been a while, so. Who knows? All right. Well, I've gotten, wow, 26 minutes into all of this. So let me take a break. Let me tell you exactly what's going on that I'm going to put out there. And then I'm going to call it the day. Um, again, we're going to talk about the, the video that was done by a student uh, inside a classroom while they were being locked down during that Michigan shooting. And uh, a cop kind of comes off a little sketchy. So we'll get into that. Uh, there was a BLM protest. Um, I guess there were, BLM was protesting immigration rights to illegal aliens or something like that. I don't know what the hell that's all about. That's their own wacky ideology. But anyhow, they were in the middle of Manhattan and blocking an intersection. And one woman uh, felt threatened with her daughter in the car. And uh, these BLM um, rioters, that's what I'll call them, or dirtbags, came up to the car because she was honking trying to get through and they started bashing on her car and she drives right through and takes a, takes a couple out. So I'll tell, tell you a little bit about that. Also, you know, I, I share a couple of stories, news stories local, but it's kind of uh, reminiscent of what's going on here in our country with the whole, you know, these prosecutors just letting these criminals out to do more, you know, heinous crimes. So uh, I'm going to touch base with that and with the whole zero bail pandemic. That's what I call it. And also, 
um, I recorded yesterday, Germany is going through some kind of lockdown, some some sort of crazy authoritative lockdown like Australia is doing over that whole Omicron uh, thing. So they're grifting over there in Germany. I'll get into that and a whole bunch of other stuff, and then we'll call it the day. So thank you for stopping by, and I'll be right back right after this. Just a quick reminder. Make sure you go and subscribe to my Twitter page at the Real WOD on updates when I'll be dropping podcast episodes as well as when I release any videos on YouTube or Rumble. Also on Twitter, I'll be posting news articles as well as videos that I talk about on the podcast. So go ahead and subscribe and make sure you hit that notification bell. Thanks. All right, so now I am picking up on this whole Michigan school shooting incident. Um, I really haven't been following it. I've been quite busy, but it seems pretty serious. It's still they're still talking about it. Um, and I heard there there was loss of life. Uh, excuse me if I'm not on top of the story. <laughs> uh, you know, again, I'm all over the place. But this is just a recent article from New York Post. Michigan school shooter did not impersonate cop in viral video showing fleeing students. It does have a video. I have not seen it yet. I don't know what it's going to show. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. See what it says the first few paragraphs. It just says the terrified Michigan student seen on a viral video jumping out of a classroom window amid fears the gunman was impersonating a cop were actually fleeing from a police detective, the sheriff uh, clarified. Quoting a video was disseminated rather widely that showed the students in the classroom and depicted someone knocking on the door. And pretty much the allegation was that 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 was the suspect. Oakland County Sheriff Mike Butchard said at a news conference on Wednesday, quoting, we've, we've now been able to determine that was not the suspect, he added. In the clip shot by a student, a male voice can be heard saying tentatively, <laughs> hope I said that right, inside Oxford High School during the, ch- the chaos Tuesday, quoting, Sheriff's Office, it's safe to come out, unquote. Several students are immediately skeptical of the supposed authority figure as one girl is heard whispering, we don't know who that is. A student standing by the door replies sternly to the voice on the other side of the door, we're not taking that risk right now. Smart kid. Very smart kid. I mean, straight up, man. They've seen too much on the news to know what could be out there. You know? You lay low. That's a sm- Those are smart students. Shout out to them. So let's take a listen to this. I haven't seen it. It just shows, before I start, it just shows like, Looks like a kid just kicking back in his desk. <laughs> and, you know, he's just chilling with his Pepsi. And, and uh, FYI, they're not wearing no mask. So <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. Let's take a listen and let's see what it's about a minute long. And he's just chilling. He heard careful. So. And there's people. Now the kids begin to. To look at the door. And then the kids get up. He said, bro. Okay, so, so, okay, so that that's pretty smart of those kids because what, what it's, it sounds like the guy says, yeah, I mean, cops do not talk like that. They don't call, you know, 
people that are in hostage situations or, you know, dire need like this. And he says, hey, bro, what's up, bro? Hey, bro. You know, that does sound like a like a, a punk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me back that up. Let's, let's listen to that again. The guys, it shows it looks like a teacher walking up to the door. And it's really hard to hear. I'll try to amplify it when I do the editing, if I can. Well, I'll just shut up for a second. Okay, well, come to the door and look at my bag, bro. No. Yeah, bro. He said, bro. He said, bro. And look at my... He says he... Okay, let me, I'm going to translate it because it is kind of low. Um, it does have captions. We're here to help. Come to the door. Okay, well, come to the door and, and he said, bag, okay, bro. and look at my bag, bro. Yeah, bro. He said, bro. He said, bro. Red flag. Red flag. And then... <laughs> student says red flag. Oh wow! And so it looks like the and so what what's happening? What you're hearing is that <laughs> the teacher, I guess, said head out, and then all the kids just got into a panic and ran because that, I believe that's what I seen go to the door. They're all they're all trampling, almost trampling each other. Oh, okay, they got a. So they, 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 they exited out a, another door. There's a do an adjacent door to the outside besides the inside door. So there's two doors. So they just piled it. They just got the fuck out of there and started running. Slow down. You're fine. And then, the, then they, they show them running into a what looks to be a cafeteria. And there's, like, there's a uh, police officer there holding the door open for them. In an adjacent uh, building across the way. Interesting. And then they're still running. Now, that, that, now what happened is they just kind of walked through the this, I guess, cafeteria, maybe I guess, or some office building or some administrative building, and then. In, they went out another door, and they're just running down the street. They're getting the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> it's pretty wild. And then it shows... Uh, I'll tweet this out. It shows uh, some still photos of the, the scene. A lot of police, as you would imagine. A lot of hugging. Students and families reuniting. Um, I don't know the exact details. Let's see if there is any. I'll just kind of give you a, a, a summary of what, what he was trying to say, just in case you guys couldn't hear it. Just says the male voice, please. Okay, well, just open the door and look at my eyes, bro. <laughs> but his casual language was enough to convince the students he could be not, he could not be trusted. Exactly. Exactly. He said, bro, red flag, a male student says. Yeah. You heard that. The students then jump out a window, run through the snow to a man to a main entrance of a high school, manned by a uniformed uh, cop. Quoting, slow down, you're fine, the officer tells the terrified teens as the 52-second clip shared to Snapchat, TikTok, and Twitter ends. On Wednesday, Bouchard told reporters that the person heard talking to the students was more than likely a plainclothes detective. Quoting, he may have been talking bro in a conversational manner to try to bring the students down from the crisis to say, come on, bro, let's get out of the classroom. Let's get, let's get you outside. That kind of comment, Puchard said. 
the suspect. We have now confirmed by analyzing all of the video from the time it began to the time we took him into custody, never knocked on the door, he had, he had added. So it was just a cop. Yeah, cop. <laughs> You know, good for those kids, though, you know, uh, because I, I'd, I'd be a little hesitant, too, if somebody was saying, hey, bro, hey, bro. You know, that's that's crazy. You know, if you're a cop, again, in a situation like that, you want to be professional. OK, here's a story coming out of New York. Shout out to New York. What's going on, guys? Uh, this is coming from the post. It says right here, New York City woman who drove through BLM protest refuses to plead guilty. Denied. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so it goes like this. It, it starts off by saying, A Queens woman charged with driving through a Manhattan Black Lives Matter protest is refusing to plead guilty in the case and is instead risking a year in jail to prove she'd been under attack by an angry mob, her attorney told The Post Thursday. Uh, Kathleen Casillo, 52, had been Christmas shopping on December 11th last year when she was caught in a shocking video footage driving her black BMW sedan through the protest against U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement detentions in Midtown. And it does have video, and it looks like the video is shot in Manhattan, uh, there are some individuals walking around with signs and uh, uh, LGBTQ plus ABCDG, whatever. Uh, they got the flags out. Everybody's there uh, causing a disturbance, blocking the streets. So let's take a listen to this. You're going to get, get the audio. I'll try to convey what's going on real quick. I'll narrate it. So you guys kind of get an idea of what's going on. So let's take a listen. Let's start this off. Now, here's what, okay, that was real quick. So what had happened was, and I've seen this all too many times here in Oakland and in the Bay Area, is these protesters will go up to cars. They're trying to get through these these crowds. These people take it upon themselves, you know, to block streets and intersections and stuff like that. And uh, I guess when she was trying to slowly pass through, they began hitting her vehicle. And so that's what's going on. And they're just, a t her car was a complete, and then she, she just said, fuck it. And what happened was they, she didn't, she wasn't even, her car was in complete stop and they just came up to her and just started bashing your window. You can probably, if you listen carefully, you'll hear the, the glass crack. So. Right there. Man goes down, she barrels through, a couple of guys get hit by a bicycle, they roll to the ground. And, uh, what is, <laughs> that's funny, you want the license plate, what are you going to do with the license plate number? I don't know, I don't know. Are you going to track her down or whatever, oh, oh or, or are you going to sit there and call the police to help you out? BLM is going to call the police to help them out. I want to hear that again. Did you get the license plate number? He goes, I'm not getting the plates. And then they got her own handcuffs. There she is. She's a, well, she says she's 52. She's a redheaded gal. 
dressed up in all her sweats and she's they got her they got her handcuffed and she's not resisting she's walking into the vehicle she hit his people we're protesting about immigration and she hit his people Now there's people that are running up to the, they, okay, so now people have began running up to, running up to this woman, excuse me, and uh, I guess, I don't know what they think they're going to do, but the cops swarm in uh, to protect her from the crowd. Let me, you know, it's pretty funny when you hear, you know, did you get the license plate number? <laughs> you really? Well, I mean, it's just funny. It's funny on the surface. That, what are you going to do? Report? You're going to, you're going to, what, be a Black Lives Matter protester and you're going to call the cops to arrest her? 911, what's your emergency? I mean, they did catch her, right? But at that moment, you're, you're thinking about what? Calling the cops? I mean, it's just funny to me. Uh, it does say, um, it just says that she was Christmas shopping on December 11th last year when she was caught in a shocking video footage driving her black BMW sedan through the protest against U.S. immigration customs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the video shows Casillo stopped at East 39th Street and 3rd Avenue with protesters in front of her car seconds before she floors it with people screaming and, and rushing to help those uh, crumpled up on the ground. Casillo, who was in the car with her 29-year-old daughter, had always insisted that she felt under attack from, prote from protesters who were screaming abuse and banging on her car. She was released within hours with a desk appearance ticket. <laughs> the Post noted at the time. Hey, see? The no-bail system works. <laughs> for, it, it even worked for her. Eh, you run over a couple people. What the hell? You know? Here, here's a ticket. Promise to appear. You know, she's probably the only one out of all those dirt bags they arrest that get released. She's probably the only one that's, you know, legitimate enough to, to appear at her court sentencing or uh, her arraignment. <laughs> on Wednesday, she appeared in Manhattan criminal court for a hearing where prosecutors said a guilty plea on two misdemeanors would likely have resulted in just six days community service and a year's suspension of her license. Eh, that's nothing. That's not that. That's a small price to pay running over those dirt those dirt bags. I mean, they were sitting there attacking her car. You know what I mean? They were damaging her car and threatening her life. She felt like her life was, you know, in danger. Nothing, you know. She's not at the. They're not in the courtroom. She is. <laughs> that's that's the whole bizarre thing about it too. But Casillo is refusing to to cop to charges of reckless assault and reckless endangerment. Quoting, she's not going to do that, her attorney Oliver Storch told The Post, meaning Casillo could instead face up to a year in jail if convicted. Yeah, I'd fight that case, man. And even if she did time, I don't know how New York time is, but uh, doing New York time, but I think if she did time like that here in California, she'd be out in like about a week. <laughs> but, you know, if, if they follow the law, she'd probably only do, what, two-thirds or half time or something like that? So, I mean, that's a cakewalk. Unless she got some radical uh, black... BLM females in there willing to kick her ass, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, she'll probably be in, in isolation if that happens. Uh, quoting, not all accidents are criminals, Storch said, calling it an ab aberration 
that his client was even arrested. This was an angry mob that descended upon hit this mother and her daughter, and she panicked, he said, saying the BLM protesters had stood on their car and appeared to set to smash the windows, turning a quote-unquote fun pre-Christmas shopping moment into a nightmare. Uh, quotes on to say, we're not making light of this, he insisted, saying his client is, is deeply, deeply concerned and feels very bad for anyone who was injured. I wouldn't. I'd be like, good, you know? <laughs> I mean, they're already, you know, involved in civil discourse. Or is that the correct term? <laughs> they're already involved in civil uh, nonsense. I don't know. I'm not Perry Mason. Uh, <laughs> but there is no criminal liability here. There was nothing reckless about her conduct, he, he insisted. Storch asked the public to, quote-unquote, withhold judgment especially over what he described as erroneous attempts to paint it as a racial incident. Funny, the people I seen get hit, they were white, so just saying. He said he and his client had to be escorted into court Wednesday because of, uh, of another angry mob outside, including some hiding signs saying, quote-unquote, Kathleen Casillo is Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> really? This is just insanity. How can you even compare this to Kyle Rittenhouse in the first place? I mean, if you want to compare it, yeah, they were, you know, defend they were both defending themselves from being killed by an angry mob. So yeah, I guess if you want to do that type of comparison, yeah, I can agree on agree with you on that. But if you're pulling the race card, you uh, <laughs> forget it. It's not gonna work. It's you know what it is? It's just when Black Lives Matter feels like, you know. They can get away with shit, and, no, and, and when it turns on them, and they become victimized, then they say, oh, we want the cops, we want the courts. I don't give a fuck. Nah, fuck that, man. You, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm tell, I told people, what was it, a friend of mine, I told him, man, if you ever come across these jackasses in Oakland on 880 or 980, you know, these, these highways around here, freeways, and they block the shit, you know, there's all those people that have stopped that are that patient and waiting for this, these assholes to go. They have a lot more. They're better people than me because I would have just probably hit the pedal to the metal, man. I, I would, could not stand for that shit, man. That's just way too much, especially if the cops are letting them do it. I don't see no cops at all. I don't think any rational person could make that leap, he said, of comparisons to the teen gunman who was recently acquitted over the deadly shooting of a BLM protesters last year in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, there's no way I'm going to go to Manhattan and engage in human bowling to look for Black Lives Matter protesters, he said, of the retiree who worked for 25 years at FedEx. Quoting further, this is not a racial incident, he said, also stressing that Casillo, being Italian-American, does not make her automatically a white devil. <laughs> he called for the criminal charges to be dropped so the case could be settled in a civil lawsuit across the street and not through mob justice. Uh, the pro, well, that's New York. I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, they'll probably burn down. I mean, is there anything left to burn down or destroy in, in Manhattan? I don't know. The protest outside court Wednesday includes some of those injured in the incident with a TV set up on a table to play footage of it. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. They're setting up a uh, video footage for everybody to, to see. Wow. I, I mean, these people paid activists. I mean, is this what they're punching through our educational system? A bunch of 
you know, radicals, a bunch of activists. That's all they do for their whole lives is just be activists. <laughs> the next Colin Kaepernick? I don't think so. Quoting, uh, Kathleen Casillo drove her car at top speed through a crowd of human beings. I was one of those human beings. I never saw her coming. One of those hurt. Ro- Roke, I guess that's his name. Roke, Rock, Rodriguez told outlet outside court. Quoting on, she hit me flush from behind and set my body flying and flipping through the air and she kept driving. Quoting on, it's white supremacy that allowed Kathleen to believe she had the right to end the lives of anyone that got in her way, especially BLM protesters, Rodriguez insisted. (laughs) She also blasted Assistant District Attorney Andrew Mercer for the handling of the case, as well as not following up with the seven of the nine people who were allegedly hit. Uh, He quotes on, he did no due uh, diligence and instead assumed that Kathleen did not have bad intentions and that no one else was seriously harmed, Rodriguez claimed. Tabitha Howell said she was left with, quote unquote, five bulging discs in my back and a traumatic brain injury, unquote. You know, honey, your brain was already injured when you decided you wanted to go and block a busy street. In, in the middle of Manhattan. So, honey, you already had brain injury. Hal uh, did go on to say, it's one, of, it's one thing to face physical recovery. It's another to try to process what happened mentally and emotionally. The Manhattan DA's office told AM New York that it, quote-unquote, has attempted to speak with every victim in the case. Casillo is due back in court on January 28th. Well, Miss Casillo, um, good luck in your case. It is New York, but I personally would say that is another case of self-defense. I'm going to take a look at this video one more time before I f- finish off with that. I'm going to look very carefully at the very beginning. I'm going to tweet this out. You guys take a look at it. You judge for yourself. But I'm seeing a woman whose car, she's, the car is stopped. And hold on, I got to lean in because I got bad eyes. And there are people that are approaching her car. Her car is not moving. There is a guy. And it looks like a white guy. Let me, let me blow this up so I can take a good look. There's a white guy, a black guy. It's all a bunch of white people with signs. I mean, and uh, he's just approaching the car. And he's pounding on the window. They jump on her car, and here comes a white woman. <laughs> and there's a little tiny white woman that came out of nowhere. She looks like a college student. And uh, she begins hitting the car, and boom, he goes down. There goes a bicyclist, and everybody goes down. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what this is all about. <laughs> I don't know what he exactly said. I heard her say, did you get the license plate? And, he, and, and some guy says, I don't know. What did he say? I'm not going to do it or something. <laughs> I'm not going. He says, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to go somewhere. <laughs> yep, so she's in jail. Is 
So there it is. All right. Well, fantastic. She's in jail. I hope she beats the case. It's New York. I really highly doubt that she'll beat the case. I don't know. I could be wrong. But if, you know, if if video doesn't lie, which it doesn't, uh, she should get out of this with just a civil lawsuit, if anything. But now we still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the f***? Joe says shit that even people at Tourette's go, no. No. What is going on? Joe is like her uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FDR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. Sit down. Rambling Joe Biden. What the f***? All right, guys, I want you to take a listen to a couple of news stories, and it's pretty reminiscent of what's going on around the country. Guys getting arrested that aren't supposed to be let loose by prosecutors, but tragic things happen, right? Well, of course, that's nothing strange here in California. So what I did, I pulled up this... Uh, it was clickbait to me, and it goes like this. It just says, Newsom prosecutes smash and grab shoplift, shoplifters under existing laws. This is that whole flip the script that the progressives are doing now. I think they're just talking out their necks or something. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I gave you a pure example of Libby Schaff, you know, the mayor of Oakland, how much she did a 180, right? So it looks like the governor is doing the same thing. I think it's because the heat is on and he knows that if he's going to try to get reelected or try to go for president or whatever the hell his <laughs> wacky mind is thinking, uh, he's flipping a script. But the point, the problem is with him, he's not going to the attorney general and telling the attorney general, hey, go after these district attorneys who are not prosecuting, right? Anyhow, I'm just going to play a few minutes of these news stories about prime examples of what is going on, you know, in our courtrooms and what's being released on our streets, right? So I kind of shortened it down. I'm going to play it for you. Let's see. Tim, thank you so much. Murder suspects arrested, charged, and then released with zero bail. And now San Jose's top cop and city leaders are sounding the alarm. Oscar Medina Soto was trusted by a judge to stay in Santa Clara County before his trial. Instead, Soto is believed to be somewhere in Mexico and now wanted by San Jose police. Of Alfred course. Castillo and Efrain Enzer has also walked out of jail. That's after being charged just last month for allegedly killing a man who crashed into them. All three of these suspects released on zero bail under a new state Supreme Court ruling to end cash bail for those who can't afford to pay them. Man, you got to see these guys, man. Straight up, man. Just skeevy looking, man. Just straight up mugs. They're <laughs> I, I can't believe the type of people they're letting loose. You know, this is Santa Clara County. You know, they're, they're a bunch of woke holes down there. They're the next county just south of me. They're straight up garbage. This is a danger to the community. It sends the wrong message to the community, to our officers, and most importantly to the victim's family that, that this is crime is not being taken seriously by, by the system. A retired Superior Court judge says they've taken a multitude of factors when deciding bail that includes criminal history and whether someone is a flight risk. And the guy just went, he just went to Mexico. What do you mean? And that's one thing they won't tell you. Excuse me about that sound. That's one thing they won't tell you. 
What's his immigration status? They won't bring that into the into the discussion. Because if you've seen the guys, you'd be kind of, you'd wonder. Are these just individuals, part of the individuals that are, you know, going through the open door down at the southern border? I mean, is that what, what these guys are? And then all of a sudden when they get, you know, too crazy or do, you know, have a little bit too much fun with that free check they get from the government, they party up, do some bad acting, and then all of a sudden they, they dip down back to Mexico, right? Is that what's going on? Because that's what it sounds like to me. That's what it looks like, too. In San Francisco, a high-profile retail theft suspect is out on zero bail. Here's a, Aziza Gray. Here's a, keep- here is another example. Used of more than 120 thefts from the Stonestown Target. The DA's office just confirmed to KPIX5 she was released with electronic monitoring and stay-away orders prohibiting her from going to Target. Right. This morning, the El Dorado County DA tells us Graves is also accused of crimes there. Fantastic. It's one thing to say that you're in favor of reform, changes in the law that uh, uh, are not too harsh. But I think a lot of people, you know, with these progressives, they love to take words, redefine them to make it sound all nice and lovely, but it's actually counterproductive. Reform is not reform. It's just removal. That's what it is. Removal of the bail system. Don't call it reforming the bail system. Reforming is not total uh, zero bail. Okay. Progressives have a a really sick, twisted way of redefining words to fit their own destructive agenda. To say there's no accountability uh, for stealing other people's property is what's happened. According to the DA's office, in nearly all of the alleged thefts, Graves used self-checkout kiosks to scan merchandise and then paid $1 in cash or, in some instances, one cent. Graves allegedly (laughs) then would leave the kiosk without completing the transactions. This morning, the California... Okay, well, that's a couple of stories. Zero bail. I'm just going to read this real quick. I'm going to skip right to it. Let's see here. Attorney General Rob Bonta, a Newsom appointee who has touted his own progressive reform, separately made similar get tough comments Wednesday. Both defended Prop 47. If you don't know what Prop 47 to all of you don't know uh, in California, that's a, a proposition that was drawn up by uh, George Gascon, who is currently facing a recall in L.A. County. He used to be a San Francisco County uh, D.A. When he drew this up, him and Gavin, I think they, they both drew up Proposition 47. Oh, and I think our vice president, she actually named it. It was some sort of stupid bill like, you know, Safe Streets Initiative. or It, it was some wacky title to the bill, Prop 47, you know, to make you, you know, vote for it. Safer streets and better schools. It was some bizarre, fake, utopian lie name for a bill. But it was Proposition 47. Anyhow, he drew it up. They all drew it up, put it all together. And people voted for it thinking it was something good when it's actually this shit that we're seeing right now. This is the fallout from 2014. He just says both defended Proposition 47, a ballot measure approved by the California voters in 2014, that reduced certain theft and drug possession offenses from felonies to misdemeanors. Property crime dropped significantly since then, despite the hot, recent high-profile cases. Newsom said state crime statistics show property crimes dipped 7.7% last year, led by a nearly 15% drop in larceny thefts and 4% drop in burglaries. You want to know why? Because people were locked down. That's why. <laughs> a lot of people were locked down, and the only people that were doing all whatever crimes were going on were people that didn't listen to them. The criminals. The, the criminals that were getting, that were getting released. 
So that's why there's a there's a number drop. We were all locked down, okay? But Newsom said both the recent spate of mass thefts and lack of prosecutions are quote-unquote unacceptable. <laughs> they drew up the shit, man. It's crazy. Quoting, if people are breaking in, people are stealing your property, they need to be arrested. Police need to arrest them. Prosecutors need to prosecute them. Judges need to hold them accountable for breaking the law, quote, unquote, Newsom said. And he goes on to say, these are not victimless crimes, and I have no empathy for these criminal elements. <laughs> I don't know if he's just flipping the script and he has a change of heart about his stupid failed policy. Or he's just blown smoke up our asses. Even thefts under $950 should be prosecuted as misdemeanors or stacked into felony complaints if there are repeat offenses, he said, contending some officials, quote-unquote, choose not to do so. <laughs> Quoting, I want to see local efforts. I want to see them stepped up, said Newsom. Formerly San Francisco's mayor, look at the laws. You have the ability. Stack repeat offenders and move to prosecute, unquote. That's what he said. And, and again... I, I'm telling you, all he has to do is go, what is that guy's name? That, the attorney general, I know his last name is Bonta. I don't know his first name. It's not relevant. California's attorney general, he needs to step up. He's all part of this little commie cabal they got in California. He needs to step up and say, tell these district attorneys, hey, man, do your fucking job. <laughs> They're dropping like flies. The recalls are coming. Ask Ask Escone. Ask uh, Jessa Bodine. Two fuck-ups. Two commie fuck-ups. Marxist. San Francisco District Attorney Jessa Bodine last week announced felony charges against nine people for a series of thefts. And Bay Area prosecutors announced a joint effort to combat organized retail theft. I still haven't heard nothing from the District Attorney out of Alameda County where uh, Southland Mall got hit. Sam's Jewelers. That's my stomping grounds. I haven't heard nothing about that. So, Bodine's spokeswoman, Rachel Marshall, agreed with Newsom's comments on Proposition 47 and the need for every player in the legal system and every city agency to step up. What a fucking liar, man. He single-handedly destroyed that county. It's a fucking hot mess over there on the peninsula. Sorry if you live over there, but it's true. It's no better over here in the East Bay near Oakland. <laughs> okay. But for him to sit there and, and just hear in this kind of shit, this is a guy who's just worried he's going to lose his job, which he should. Quoting, our office prosecutes cases in which police make arrests. This year, we have filed charges and 80% of burglaries refer to us, she said. That's a, I, I highly doubt that. I would say the residents would disagree with that statement. She said the office, quote, has been a leader through the Retail Theft Task Force, funded by Governor Newsom in dismantling the networks behind organized retail theft, unquote. This just happened, what, over a week ago? And all of a sudden you got a hold on it? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all these, these people do is bark. Oh, yeah, we're going to prosecute them now. We're going to, you know, catch a couple of guys. What, nine guys out of, a, what, 90? <laughs> You're going to prosecute those? You're going to make them the martyrs? That's nothing, man. Those guys did it. I heard a story where they, these are organized crimes where the big guys, whoever they may be, are paying these kids or these, you know, these youth or whatever the fuck they are, they're breaking, you know, these mobs. They're paying them like $1,000 each to grab whatever they can. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I think I heard that on the John Ken show or something like that. It was in L.A. County. L.A. District George Gascon, who also ran on a reform platform, did not respond to comment requests. Of course. <laughs> of course. George Gascon is a dirtbag. He's a complete fucking dirtbag. He's the one that brought all of this to California. He drew up Prop 47. This is his baby. This is He is the one. He should have been a public defender. <laughs> Shouldn't be a fucking prosecutor. Bonta, the state's top law enforcement officer, also call, called for crack, cracking down Excuse me, on organized retail thefts like those before the Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> Quoting, those are felonies. There are more than enough tools in California criminal justice toolbox to charge them as such and hold the folks accountable, Ponta said during a Sacramento Press Club forum. These fit squarely within the organized retail crime status in the state of California where people are acting in concert with one, another, with one or more people to exchange or return or sell what they steal. <laughs> oh, really? You know, just it's only until recently the news has picked up on this, but it's been going on for quite a while. They just haven't been talking about it. It was happening a lot, but local news wouldn't talk about it, and definitely national news didn't talk about it. So, I just want to kind of give you a look into why the whole no bail idea is just absolutely ridiculous. It's a failure. It didn't work. It's not working. So there you go. Good luck, California. You know, we're really getting into a very dark time in our lives right now, around the world. Um, you, you, you've all heard about that Omicron, uh, what is it, <laughs> variant or whatever you want to call it. Um, it. It's amazing how people are reacting over this. It, they're actually just, either they're overly paranoid or they're trying to push a, a, a control onto us, you know by doing some shit and the reason i'm saying this is is because germany just this just broke an hour ago germany puts a major restrictions on the unvaccinated and it says ongoing chancellor angela merkel described the far-reaching measures as an act of quote-unquote national solidarity you know when you hear stuff like that 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 sounds very very communist in that language for a, for a non-lethal disease or virus national solidarity it's weird it just said only those who have been vaccinated or recently recovered from covid will be allowed in restaurants cinemas leisure facilities and many shops vaccinations could be made mandatory by february the chancellor added see now that's a dangerous road when you're having the government force you to take something you may or may not want to take that, that type of over, uh, government overreach, that's, that's a dangerous precedent.
very dangerous. People will revolt against that shit. And, and I'm telling you right now, in America, people are not going to go for it. Germany's fourth wave of COVID is its most severe so far, with another 388 deaths recorded in the past 24 hours. There's also growing concern about the spread of the Omicron variant, which EU health officials warn is likely to cause over half of all COVID cases in the next few months. And again, nothing about the mortality rate. Nothing. Natural immunity? Meh. That don't matter. Mrs. Merkel said hospitals were stretched to the point of patients having to be moved to different areas for treatment. Quoting the fourth wave must be broken, and this has not yet been achieved. Given the situation, I think it is appropriate to adopt compulsory vaccinations. <laughs> she said while making clear that this would have to be approved by Parliament. Her successor, Olaf Scholz, who is expected to take over as Chancellor next Wednesday, had already said he backed the move, which would come a few weeks later than a similar Australian law. Berlin Mayor Michael Muller said that the vast majority of COVID cases were down to unvaccinated people. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. But once they, once they get the dose, I mean, they're pretty much, and I don't mean the, the vaccine, I mean the dose, the crud, whatever, the, the, the COVID, I mean, you're good to go. I mean, you're better than the vaccine, you know. The new measures are not described as a lockdown on the unvaccinated, although outgoing health minister Jens Spahn spoke earlier of a quasi-lockdown. <laughs> quasi-lockdown. Some German states already operate so-called 2G policies, and these will now become nationwide. 2G stands for Jensen, recovered in the past six months, or Gimpt, or whatever. That's, that's German. I'm, I'm sorry to you guys in Germany. I don't know how to properly pronounce that. It's uh, German for vaccinated. Geimpft? Geimpft? G-E-I-M-P-F-T. I'm learning every day. I'm learning a new word every day with this podcast. I'll tell you that much. Under the measures agreed by, uh, by Germany's 16 states and federal leaders, unvaccinated people will be limited to meetings with their own household and two other people. Ah, come on. This is... Oh, boy. I can see it already on my national news, or international news. Uh, people are going to be on the streets of Berlin saying uh, enough is enough. Hope they do. Uh, another measure uh, says the 2G rule will be enforced at restaurants and cultural venues and non-essential shops. Clubs will shut, shut in areas where 350 cases have been recorded per 100,000 people in the past seven days. The national rate is over 400. Up to 30 million vaccinations will be carried out by Christmas, first, second, or boosters. Outdoor events including bun, bun, okay, here I go, butching it. It's, uh, it's football. Bundesliga, Bundesliga, Bundesliga. I think that might be it. Bund, Bund, Bundesliga football will have limited crowds of 15,000 and 2G rules. <laughs> Fireworks on New Year's Eve will be banned. <laughs> what? Now that has absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with any of this. But fa fireworks are banned on New Year's Eve. Just a heads up to Germany, you know what I mean? Shout out to you people, man. Fight back on this this stupid shit. This is crazy, man. 
While vaccinations have been stepped up in Germany, with almost a million carried out on Wednesday alone, only 68.7% of the population has been vaccinated, a relatively low rate for Western Europe. 79 cases of the new Omicron variant of COVID-19 have been reported in 15 European countries so far, according to the EU's European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. Most cases were linked to travel to African countries, while others were linked to connecting flights between Africa and Europe. The ECDC, <laughs> the ECDC uh, does not cover the UK. Yeah, they're separated. And it has this video. I'm going to play. This is the, the lady from South Africa. This is the health official. I want you to listen to what she's got to say. You probably already heard it already, but I'm going to play it in, anyway. And she is, she's the one that spotted this whole thing. And listen to what she's got to say about the whole thing. Phil, come up. Hold on. Hopefully I'm going to get a commercial. And, of course, I'm getting a commercial. All right. Here it is. Uh, and her name is, um, I don't have her name right off the top, blonde woman from South, South uh, Africa. Take a listen to what she's got to say. This is interesting. Actually started with a male patient that's um, around about the age of 33, uh, 30, 31 around about. And uh, never, you know, very seldom visits the surgery. And he said to me, he's just extremely tired for the past two days. And he's got this body aches and pain with a bit of a headache. Not really a sore throat, more a scratchy type of <laughs> description. And no cough and no loss of smell or um, taste. And... Uh, because it's unusual for that specific person to present with this type of symptoms, I decided to test. Um, we do um, rapid testing in our surgeries, and I did the rapid test, and it was positive. I then tested the rest of his family, and it's all positive. Every one of them, very, very mild symptoms, and that is what we call mild symptoms. And then for the rest of the day, I actually saw um, more patients coming in with the same sort of symptoms. They all tested positive. I alerted the, the advisory committee of the minister on the vaccines because I'm part of that committee. And that's why it's easy for me to say to them, listen, something is wrong. I have seen today uh, a picture that doesn't fit in with Delta. And um, then the beginning of this past week, uh, it came out that this is the new variant. What we are seeing clinically in South Africa, and, and remember, I'm at the epicenter. Uh, uh, that's where I'm practicing. It's extremely mild. For us, that's mild cases. Um, we haven't admitted anyone. Yeah, I mean, listen to what they're saying. They're mild cases, right? And in the news media, at least in America, they're they're all in a panic. I mean, Germany locking down? Come on, man, really? G2 or whatever the fuck that is. Come on, man. <laughs> really? All these countries, including the U.S., need to calm the fuck down. Listen to what this lady is saying. She discovered it. I spoke to other colleagues of mine, the same picture. So do you think that we, uh, in, you know, in Britain, in the United States, in Israel, in Europe, do you think we're all panicking unnecessarily? I think you already have it there in your country. You're not even knowing it. And uh, I would say, yes, at this stage, I would say definitely. Two weeks from now on, maybe we will say something different. Actually, I'm telling you, see, it's 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 a big hype, and all of a sudden, since this has come out, I've noticed everybody in my neighborhood, at least, they are masked up and paranoid as fuck. <laughs> this is a big joke, man. 
what they're doing in Germany and uh, and in Australia, and of course they're going to be. Do- the, uh, God forbid, Biden says he's not going to do it, but you know that's a whole different thing. You know, with Biden, you can't trust that guy. That guy's a straight up liar. You know what I mean? He talks out his neck. And uh, you heard it from, right from the from the person herself who discovered it. All the cases are just mild. It's like a little, like uh, uh, an allergic reaction, like when you have allergies to pollen or something like that. I get that all the time. That's no big deal. People are freaking out for no reason. <laughs> you know, you know they, they claim, oh, you know, science. It's all about science. It's all about science. You know, we follow the science. I'm Dr. Fauci. I follow the science. No, they don't. They follow the control. That's what they follow. It's a joke, man. It's a big joke. The whole thing is just a grift. It's a grift for power and control. Okay, a little bit of music news. Um... It seems that here our local music icon Carlos Santana is going undergoing heart procedure. He has canceled some December December shows. Uh, it just says uh, here after suffering a weekend health scare, San Francisco native and Bay Area music icon Carlos Santana has successfully undergone a heart procedure and is canceling several Las Vegas shows planned for December. Santana took to social media to help in rumor about his health. Uh, quoting, I'm here to crystallize and make it clear, he said. Last Saturday, I had an incident where, I'm, where I asked my wife, Cindy, to take me to the hospital because I had this thing happening in my chest. So when we went there, we found out I needed to take care of it. And uh, Santana said, not, not disclose what the medical issue was. And uh, he quotes saying, um, I'm going to be taking time off for a little bit to make sure that I replenish and rest. So when I play for you, I play the way I'm used to, Santana had said. And uh, it does have his tweet. I guess there it's him speaking. Uh, the tweet says, Santana has canceled all of December 2021 at the House of Blues in Vegas. As he recovers from the unscheduled heart procedure, we look forward to returning to perform at the House of Blues in January of 2022. And it does have him speaking, and let's listen to what he's got to say. This has come from his Twitter account. How you doing? I'm Carlos. Um, just wanted to share with you uh, some clarity with specificity what's been going on uh, with my physicality. Uh, there's been rumors flying around here and there about this and that, so I'm here to uh, just crystallize and make it clear. Uh, last Saturday, I had an incident where I asked my wife Cindy to take me to the hospital because I, I had this thing happening in my chest. This, um, so when we went there, you know, we, we found out that I needed to um, take care of it. So I am. In, in, uh, so I'm going to be taking time out for a little bit to make sure I replenish and I rest and uh, catch up with my health so that when I play for you, I would play the way I'm used to and give you 150%. You know, I wouldn't show up unless I can do that. So other than that, I hope you and your family are enjoying good health, peace of mind, and joy. I know I will. Uh, thank you for uh, being a fan and, and your oneness and your caring. Peace. He looks good. 
Let me just say he does look good. He looks in good shape, good spirit. So that's right. That's really cool to see. Uh, Michael Virionis, I hope I pronounced that right, president of the Universal Tone Management, said the 74-year-old guitarist underwent an unscheduled heart procedure but gave no specifics. The 10-time Grammy winner heart procedure and recovery prompted the cancellation of, of his concerts at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino through the end of the year. He's set to resume performances in January, his management said. Quoting, Carlos is doing fantastic and is anxious to be back on stage, Verona said in a statement. He profoundly regrets that this speed bump necessitated the cancellation of the upcoming performances. Earlier this year, Santana released the album Blessings and Miracles, which includes collaborations with Rob Thomas, Chris Stapleton, and more. So, if you're a Santana fan, I love Santana. I, I mean, I don't have all his albums or anything, but I grew up listening to his stuff. Being here in the Bay Area, you always listen to his stuff, all his collaborations and stuff like that. Uh, he's definitely a kindred spirit, very spiritual individual, um, makes no bones about it. And uh, again, he, he looks in great condition. So I'd just say right from, right from the bottom of my heart, I hope he gets well. You know, he's really good to music. I mean, I've been listening to, to his shit since the 70s. So great performer, great guy. Uh, take care of there. And uh, I guess we'll see you soon in Vegas, right? All right, guys, thanks a lot for stopping by my little podcast and checking in. I have to say, this has to be, in fact, I'm pretty sure this is the longest episode I've put out so far. So congratulations if you made it to this far. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why they keep getting longer and longer, but they do. I guess, you know, that's just my mind. I got a lot to say. Either that or it's the coffee or maybe just both of them. I don't know. It is what it is. Anyhow, it's the weekend. I hope you guys stay safe out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't end up in an arraignment on Monday morning. All right? Because you got to come back here and check in with me uh, and see what's going on in our bizarre world. Right? With that being said, I'm done. I'm out of here and I'm a ghost. Again, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Peace out, everybody.